Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event Podcast, where we talk about all the various ways you can make your next fundraising event better. Mm -hmm. And we have a cool topic today. And to share this topic, we've got a couple of, I would say, fundraising all-stars in the room. We have Lori Mackay. Hello. And we have Elise Druckenmiller. Hello. Who's got a sore back. And so if she misbehaves, we're just going to like... (laughs) <laughs> push on her or something. No, we're not that mean. We're not going to do that. Uh, Jeff Porter, CEO of Hambid. And the fun topic we're going to talk about is we're actually going to talk about my event. And one of the things as we are kind of brainstorming through topics for conversation was, well, maybe we should take our audience through kind of beginning to end what it's like to plan an event. And I'm going to preface this by saying we are by no means event planning experts, but we've been doing this event for a long time and it's had Mm -hmm. its ups and downs. And so we think it might be interesting just to kind of hear what the dynamics are like and kind of, you know, you guys can use that, you know, as a listener to kind of figure out like, what would you, you know, take on as like a best practice and what would you avoid? (laughs) Something you don't want to do. So a little bit of history on this event. Kentucky Derby is the theme. And so prior to starting our charity, Carrie and I, we came from the East Coast. I went to the University of Virginia. She went to William and Mary. And I unfortunately never got to go to the Kentucky Derby because I always had an engineering final on that day. Okay. <laughs> and I hated my professors for it, but all of my friends would go. So they'd all drive. It was from Charlottesville to Louisville is not that far. So they would drive to the event and I would sit at home and watch it on TV. So when I got to Denver, I just picked up the tradition of having a Kentucky Derby party and we hosted one. And then at some point when we started the charity, one of the things you quickly realize, and we did a podcast on this recently (laughs) about like, how do you start your charity up? But you're like, oh gosh, we got to raise money. Like we actually, like we have all these great ambitious ideas, but none of them are actually going to come to fruition unless we actually have funds in the bank. So how are we going to do that? Well, the only thing we knew how to do outside of like hiring a grant, you know, consultant was throw a party. I was going to say party. We didn't throw a party. Party. Oh, so maybe we should take our Kentucky Derby party and turn it into a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And so that became our brilliant idea. And so we did that. And it was interesting because a whole bunch of people that came every year for the free food and drink left and never came back. And a bunch of people who had never before been involved, but cared about our charity and our cause, they started coming. So the first one was at our, it was in 2005 or 2006, I can't remember, but it was at our house and I think we raised like 5 or 6,000. dollars Okay? And I think most of the stuff that we had was was donated from the Rockies cuz Clint Hurdle who had a child with Prader-Willi syndrome was the manager of the Rockies at the time. So I mean, we he was giving us stuff. And so that kind of kicked it off and then from there it kind of grew and um, I think at one point when we had over 200 people showing up at our house. I think our neighbors were the ones that asked us to move it. So um, we decided it was time to kind of move it to a different venue. So we moved it to the Cable Center, in, which is at the University of Denver. 
and um, it's an event venue. It's a really cool space. It's actually owned by Comcast Cable, and it has a really neat video wall. So that kind of worked well with our event and our theme because what do we want to do at our event? We want to watch watch the horse race. We want to watch a two minute horse race. <laughs> so you went the silent auction and the live auction and the paddle raise and. It was a family event, so we had kids' games, and we wanted you to bring your kids because we didn't want you to try to figure out how to find a babysitter at 2 or 3 or 4 in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. okay? So anyway, with that said, it kind of grew and got bigger, and it moved around town to a variety of different places, and then it ended up – COVID comes along, and so we had to turn it into a series of small parties. Um, The Derby actually got moved that year from May to September to Labor Day weekend. And so um, that bought us some time, obviously, to figure out what we were going to do and were we going to host it or just do it online or whatever. But at the same time, it also allowed us to get a little bit creative about how we could continue to kind of drive the experience. And so for those of our best supporters, we ended up doing a series of kind of private derby parties that were within healthcare you know, or health you know, department guidelines in those areas. And then we linked them all together with our live streaming and Zoom, and it was kind of fun. But it was time to get back into something real, and so we ended up planning on doing the Derby again the following year. And it's always the first Saturday in May. And so when you're thinking about running a fundraiser, there's a good and a bad part about that. I mean, the good part is you don't have a choice on the date. Mm -hmm. Okay, And the bad part is you don't have a choice on the date. So the first Saturday in May in Denver, it can be snowing a foot or it can be 80 degrees. I mean, there's really nothing in between those two. And so you're just kind of praying that it's the 80 degrees side of the of the coin and not the snowing one. But we've had both. And um, we were also doing it outside because we decided to move it to a brand new constructed park that was part of Fiddler's Green, which is an outdoor amphitheater here in the south part of Denver. And so we were going to roll the dice a little bit because we were moving this event entirely outside. It's never before been entirely outside. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be kind of a unique experience for us. So um, we did it, and the weather was great, and we had a band, and we had fireworks, and we had, like, food trucks. And, like, we just changed so many things at this event. We took that opportunity. It was so much fun. And that's really been the history. And and, and for those of you who know Hambid well enough, you know – that Hambit was born at the Kentucky Derby. The idea was generated off of running this event for five or six years on paper and hating it more and more every year and just getting to the point where we wanted to create a better guest experience. And so it's always had a special place in our heart. But there's been so many aspects of the event that haven't changed. Now, what ended up happening was last – and so in 2022, we got booted out of our date – because it has to be the first Saturday in May. We don't have a choice. And it just so happens that the Anschutz Entertainment Group, AEG, who runs all the concerts at the venue, was hosting a concert on that day. And they just are, you really just can't run a fundraiser when 15,000 people are right next to you <laughs> at a concert. So we had to move the date. And so we ended up doing something in the fall called Country for a Cure. And for those of you who are familiar with that, we just we brought in a national act from Nashville and we did a, an event and it was great. Okay, now it's time though. Like 
like we decided let's just stick with country for a cure, but we just kept getting booted again day over day over day for concerts, which, you know, we get the, we understand that that's the consequence of picking the venue that we picked, but it just became a point where it was time to figure out how can we get back to a Derby event? We had a lot of people telling us they missed it. Um, I think we as an organization and as a board and as a planning committee, were kind of tired of the Derby theme, and I think probably we were just more tired of just all the stress related to having to do it on a certain day at a certain time because the horse race is at roughly 4.50 p.m. on the first Saturday in May mountain time every year. It doesn't change. I mean, it, yes, it varies a little bit, but not much. So that became a bit of the challenge for us, and I think we were ready to just do something a little bit different. But our fundraisers were not, you know, and so you got to listen to what your donors are asking you to do. That's where we ended up, and so we have now secured a date. We are going back to the Derby on May 4th. Everybody May the is 4th excited. be with you. May the 4th, 2024. <laughs> I'm like, you oh, are- please, can we make this a Star Wars Derby? A Star Wars Derby. <laughs> That's the after party. <laughs> That's going to be so fun. <laughs> this is, this is, this is what I we're going to be talking about, folks. <laughs> it's all the amazing ideas you get from your planning committee, and then nobody who wants to go do them, and nobody that wants to pay for them either. We're going to talk about that next. So <laughs> oh, anyway- yeah. We kicked off our planning before Thanksgiving, and you know we like to spend about, a, I think, a good six months in advance. There's a lot we know, right? So this is not from scratch. We've been, we've done this. Oh my God, how many times? A million, right? Fourteen or fifteen times. So we know exactly how to run a Derby event. And then the question is, is that what's going to change? What do we want to change? What do we want to stay the same? And so that's going to really start to drive you know, kind of how this event's going to go. And so I, what we want to do over the next, I would, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but over the next six months, we'll have various episodes kind of walking through this. And so the one thing that we're going to start with here is kind of, how did we kick this off? How did we organize the team and kind of how are we organizing our ongoing meetings and kind of where are we going from here? And I thought that'd be helpful. And then throughout the rest of the episodes, we'll talk about like, how's the silent auction going or how are sponsorship, you know, sales going or, you know, what else are we doing that might, you know, that that's new, that's actually working out or what decisions did we make up front that now we're going to have to go change because it's not working out or all that other kind of stuff. Who is fighting with who? Yes. Mm. It's going to be like a little soap opera, right? You guys Drama. want all the dirt. You want all the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make it interesting. I know. If you were on the episode where we talked about my board sounding like Thanksgiving dinner, then you should have showed up at our derby planning meeting because it wasn't just our board, but <laughs> we had a couple of newbies, newcomers. Oh, I feel so sorry for that. They had deer in headlights looks at the other end of the table as we're just going at it with each other about whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we're passionate people. That's what we are. That's what you are. Yep. <laughs> we're passionate people. Anyway, so the first thing that we did um, when we had, so obviously we asked everybody to come together. We met at our house, mm-hmm. about a two and a half, three hour meeting, and we discussed our goals in that their very first thing was we discussed vision and goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So vision, we want to do it back at Marjorie Park at Fiddler's Green. We want to still have some sort of live entertainment. We always in the past had live entertainment that wasn't really like we didn't really invest in it. These were people that wanted to pl- kind of play on the side. But when we did that derby event in 2021 and we brought in Union Gray, we made them kind of a headliner portion of the event and people loved it. So we want to go back to that. 
where we've got live bands that will play most likely after the horse race. And again, this run of show with you guys, it it's fluid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely sure what's going to happen, but we have a general idea. Okay. So, um, we want the same event. We want the outdoor led screen. We want the stage. We want the band. We want the fire pits. We want the, a lot of the things that we brought in with country for a cure. We want those, mm -hmm. right? We bought these like kind of semi-circular kind of sectional sofas with a bigger fire pit. We sold those for $5,000 each. There was a lot of skepticism they were going to sell. They sold in a weekend. Yeah. We only had four of them, and then we ended up having to add a fifth. They sold in a weekend. Okay. They came with table service. They also came with bottle service, which we're going to eliminate this yeah, year. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Well, you know, it's interesting, and I'm not sure how to appropriately say this, but you can get your guests too drunk. <laughs> so. Right. You want there to be some level of alcohol yes. in a lot of cases, but sometimes yeah. too much is I think, not a good thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think we, we all agreed that, and it wasn't, there was no complaints about it, but there was definitely a lot of like, man, those drinks were strong kind of stuff. So yeah. anyway, we want everybody to have a good time. We want everybody to drink responsibly, but we also want them to be paying attention when we do a battle <laughs> race as well. So anyway, so we are going to bring those back. I don't think we're going to do the national act from Nashville. Um, they're really hard to schedule. I think what we found was people were were there to, to support the event. They weren't necessarily there to see the front men. I mean, they think that was an added bonus, and it was really cool. And I don't know, maybe in the future one day we, we try that again. But I think we just decided we're going to kind of focus our budget on other things. Mm -hmm. And we have some... So that's an expense that would come off the record from Country for a Cure, but there would be some expenses that would come on, like this LED wall, which we had at the previous derby, but not at this thing. So we kind of set the vision of kind of what we want, and then we started talking about the budget, okay? And always good to walk into that meeting if you're kind of the visionary with a proposed budget. You don't want to build the budget on the fly, with anybody. So we walked in there with a proposed budget. There were a few of us who kind of sat down and looked at what we spent in 2021, what we spent in 2022 at Country for a Cure to figure out what we want to do in 2024 with this derby. So anyway, we looked at what our ticket sales are going to look like. Okay. And so how many of these premium fire pits are we going to sell? How many? And then we also have the fire. We also have a kind of a square fire pit uh, table and so these are this is all for outdoor stuff so it's a it's really neat so we have a square fire pit if you think about it in the propane tanks in the cabinet below and then we put six plastic Adirondack kind of deck chairs around mm -hmm. it and so we were selling those for 2400 bucks and we sold all of those last year so we're estimating selling those again there's about 15 tables of those and then we also had some other types of chairs that we sold, but we found there was a lot of confusion and people like camping out at them. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. That's actually a paid seat. You can't sit there at this concert. So we decided to eliminate all of that. And so everything we else. We simplified. Yeah. Yeah. We simplified. You're right. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> everything else is general admission. General admission. Okay. Yeah. If you happen so, to get one of those tables, are they still going to be there? They'll be there. They'll okay. be there. You just won't have to like, you can just sit there. First okay. come, first serve. Yeah. And so then now, so now the question early. is, is what do you charge for these things? Well, we decided to leave the the bigger tables the same price. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing would be these individual tickets. So what do you charge for an individual ticket? Well, 
my opinion, okay, and again. Well, how much money do you want to raise? Do you want to raise what you raised last year or do you want to increase your revenue? I do want to increase, but, but, um, and we're going to talk about how we do that here in a second because we are definitely forecasting a fairly sizable increase and we're going to talk about why Mm -hmm. and how. Um, But one of the things that we've, we've messed with over the years is what should an individual ticket cost? Okay. And one of the variables we use is what does it cost to actually run the event? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we'll look at, okay, what is it per person to run this event? So we'll take, in this case here, I think our budget's a little shy of 60000 bucks. So how many people are coming? Take the 60, divide it by that. What is it? And so in our case, it came down to about $168 a person to run this event if we estimate these amount of people are coming. Okay. So what would you set your ticket price at? Well, at least that. Right. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. So like you at least want to cover your costs with your GA tickets. Okay. And so that's how we looked at and started to price this thing out. And, and I get it. Everybody's sensitive to what is it going to cost? But I will tell you this, every time we've dropped that base ticket price, those people don't spend any more money than their ticket price. For us, it's important to say, look, for people buying individual tickets, Yes, there's a few that will upgrade and they'll spend money in the auction and they'll do the paddle raise and whatnot. But for a lot of them, they're there to watch the concert, eat your food, drink your drinks, and maybe if you have a good silent auction, bid on some stuff. So you need to get some profit out of them. That's how we look at it. So we will set this price. Right now it's set at $175, but we're toying with $200 for this ticket. Are you doing just one ticket? Well, or you can buy the fire pit or the premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So general mission and then we just thought the maybe are you thinking stuff. like maybe a couple's ticket yeah. or something or family? We could do that. We we've had family tickets in the past. We had what we called the jockey package, and I think mm-hmm. the problem is is that the kids' prices like it's hard because like and honestly like these are your like these are your donors like so what do you how do you tell it when you're like okay so we have a kids' price and it's like you know thirteen and below and they're half price and then some one of your best donors shows up with his 17-year-old kid that can eat the amount of three adults, and he says, oh, he's a kid. He's 75 bucks. You know, I mean, It's hard. So anyway, we eliminated kids' pricing with Country for a Cure, and we decided to keep it eliminated. I think maybe maybe what we do – see, we're, like, we're planning right here on this podcast. Yeah. That's cool. So <laughs> maybe what maybe we do – Maybe you set an age limit. Yeah, you set an age limit, or you, or you just, you know, kids under the under eight are free, and everybody else is on two hundred bucks or something. Yes. You know, yeah, because those kids are. I think that's anything. fair. They're not mm-hmm. going to do anything. Yeah, they're not going to anything. You know, mm-hmm. so anyway, I, I think that's a good point, and I think we could definitely. You do could put them to like work. That. Yeah, you but could. Give looking for volunteers. Bags. Give them some. But trash we're bags. estimating, and again, we. The other thing you have to ask yourself is: Do I want an event where there's a thousand people paying seventy five bucks, or do I want an event where there's you know, two hundred people? all paying five or $600. And we always like to have the more intimate events. Mm-hmm. We just think that we can provide a better guest experience and it feels like less of a derby frat party because there's one of those in Denver already. So so we look at that and we say, you agree, right? We all went to that one <laughs> yeah, last we year. <laughs> we, went. we had to go experience a frat party for ourselves and it was a frat party. It was a frat party. Um, so and we're, we're they, looking at three- They kicked you out at six o'clock. 300 guests, Okay. 300 guests, and we're looking at roughly 90 grand mm-hmm. in ticket sales. 
Okay. So the 300 guests are general admission or that it's includes everything. your tables? Includes that includes the tables, tables. Everything. 90 grand. Okay. And About your expenses grand. are, what was your expenses? 57. Again? 57. So okay. we have to make all of our profit mm-hmm. on everything else we do. Yeah. Okay. So silent auction, $25,000 goal. Okay. Sounds nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we don't have a big silent auction, you know, and we're not, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, we don't have, but 50 to 75 items. Maybe we'll get a little bit more than that. So we want them to be good. So we have a $25,000 goal here. One of the things we've really decided to push this year is a live auction. We have a $20,000 goal. I think we can hit that for sure, especially if we sell some doubles of some stuff. Yeah. I think we can definitely get there. Paddle raise, $20,000. we are really conservative on our paddle raise. Our problem is, is outdoors, it's tough especially at this type of event. So that one's a little bit iffy for us. We've we've had hit or miss with the paddle race, honestly. When we've done it inside, it's been way better. When we've mm-hmm. gone outside, it's a little harder. Prize drawing, five grand. So really not much there, but we always get donated some sort of electronic equipment that is really hard to put into a silent auction. So better to raffle it off. And then fundraising pages. So what we do at our event every year is we do fundraising pages on the Hambit platform, peer-to-peer. Everybody creates a page, and then we use how much they raise as some sort of incentive or ticket to get into the event. So we'll say to a family, hey, look, if you raise $10,000 on your page, we'll give you, you know, four admissions or we'll give you a table or whatever. I think we have thresholds in there that that kind of get people there so that people feel like there's a – you know, in the beauty of fundraising pages, it's like almost all profit. Mm-hmm. So, so we do that and every year. We raise anywhere from thirty to forty thousand on those. So you add all that up along with tickets, and we're at about one hundred eighty-eight thousand. Okay, every year this event's done around one hundred thirty to one hundred forty. So we're asking for a significant increase, but I think we can get that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. The one thing I did not put in here is sponsorships. sponsorships. And the reason is, is because in a lot of cases, our sponsorships end up being table sales. But we have toyed with the idea of trying to have like a title, title sponsor. And we've had those in the past, but we've still also given them tables. So one of the things we could do is 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 maybe, you know, forecast out like sponsorship revenue above and beyond the tables we're giving them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could figure that out. What but, about mm-hmm. the betting? Yeah, so we do, um, we built betting software. And to your point, we have not forecasted that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we take about a 10% rake on that. So we could, I think every year we have about 20,000 bet in the race at the event. So that'd be about another two grand. Mm-hmm. We'd get out of it in profit. Yeah. So that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could throw that in there. That, that, that'd get us to 190,000. Mm-hmm. So that'd be good. So then, so we presented that, and there was not a lot of conversation. It would have been actually nice to have you there, Lori, to remind us <laughs> where, about the Yeah, where were you, Lori? <laughs> Conveniently skipped that one. I know. <laughs> so then we start talking about what the expenses are going to be. So for the most part, it's not entirely true. The venue is not going to cost us anything, but, um, but there are going to be expenses related to the venue. And then we have some other stuff in here. So we've got... Travel. So we have a headliner that's mm-hmm. going to cost us not 30 something thousand like the front men, but they're going to cost us about four grand. But we have to pay for some travel on that. So, say about 4,500 bucks on that. An opening band that's about half that. Um, 
the AV and stage and sound. Okay. So this is a little tough. This is, we had, this is going to be about $16,000. Okay. Um, I haven't figured out, like I haven't done all the, I haven't gotten all the bids in yet, but just suffice it to say the, the LED screen that has to go up to watch the race and do everything else, it, it comes with this really elaborate like stand and, and a generator we have to get and everything else. That's 10 grand in and of itself with all in with, you know, the staff and all of the lighting and everything else that goes with it. And then I got to get a stage and sound and sounds about six. So you're looking at about 16 between the two. Now, Country Fair Cure, we were looking at 24. So that's about an $8,000 savings. But again, again, I'm not having to put together as elaborate of a setup as we were having to do for the other one. So that's what we have there. And then believe it or not, this actually might change. But we budget out the cost of liquor because we don't always get all of it donated. Mm -hmm. Um, So we sell mint juleps at the event, and we use a a local distillery who premixes and premakes all the mint juleps for us. They're amazing. Um, And he sells them to us at our cost, at his cost. His cost. His cost, not our cost, right? He sells them to us at his cost. Um, But that's, you know, to sell all of that liquor, it's only only 2,000 bucks. Um, and it's a lot of liquor that we go through. So that that cost is in there. There's about another $2,000 in wine and beer as kind of a backup. If we find a sponsor, that goes away. But we put it in the budget because you never know, okay? I have $4,000 for a live auctioneer in here. Hey, guys, there's auctioneers that are 500 bucks, and there's auctioneers that are considerably higher than four grand. So we don't know yet. We haven't picked an auctioneer. We haven't hired anybody. I'm of the opinion that they work. Yeah. Yes. So you should not have a board member do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or cousin Eddie either. Um, (laughs) For sure. I've seen some, we've seen some tragic examples of board members being auctioneers or paddle raise people and whatnot. So yes. Um, So I slipped this next one in here and I don't think anybody noticed when I said it at the (laughs) meeting. So a tip for Jeff for now it's it, no not a tip for me <laughs> fireworks for two grand so we had fire oh, I knew about this yeah so we had fireworks it's only two grand for fireworks well so Mm-mm. what kind of fireworks do you get in Jeff oh they're good so they're good op- he's driving to Wyoming band, no our, listen listen I'll <laughs> they're better you. than Wyoming yeah Ooh. Wyoming <laughs> <laughs> we don't break the law in Colorado Lori by going to Wyoming to get our fireworks <laughs> Wink, wink, nod, nod. Anyway. We already use all the ones from Wyoming. We can't get them anymore. I know. There's, these are going to be professional grade. You oh. want to see Elisa's husband get all nervous and worked up, shoot off illegal fireworks yes. at your house and see how that The goes. firefighter. Oh, gosh. Yes. The, the battalion chief who doesn't want to be within 100 miles mm-hmm. of me shooting off illegal fireworks. <laughs> anyway, no, we're digressing. Um <laughs> So our opening band, and they're all they're also good friends of ours. He does all of the pyro for the Broncos and and you name it around town. So anyway, he would cut us a deal on some of his stuff if we went that way. So I threw it in here. I've got our generator in here. I've got food. Now we made a decision when we went outdoors to move away from catered and just catered meals in general, whether mm-hmm. it's stations or it's sit down. We've done all of that. We've done the sit-down, we've done the catered, we've done the stations, we've done the buffets, whatever. Look, it, I love 
the catering company we used to use. And if you're doing catering, you, you know, and you need a recommendation, we can give you one. But we just felt like outside it just, we could save a lot of money and not have to pay a lot of catering staff to just do food trucks. And obviously the, the struggle or the complaint or the risk is that people stand around waiting for food. Well, there's a way around that. You can fix that problem by basically going to the food trucks, pre-negotiating what they're going to serve, and then that's all they make. So No customizations. No. You go to the Denver taco truck, we've negotiated. They're making two different types of tacos. They're making a veggie taco, they're making a steak taco, and that's it. And that's what you get. I think we had more than that. But anyway, you get the point. And they're just throwing them out there. So mm-hmm. you, they just put them out on tables and you pick them up. And it that problem was largely eliminated. But look at this, you guys. I mean, for 305 people, we're estimating 30 to $35 a person. So about 10 grand for food. That's not bad. No. I mean, our catering bill used to be more than double that. And I think that, you know, the feedback that we've gotten is that the food trucks, people have actually enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, logistically, you right. have to look at your venue too, right? right? Where do you put catering versus food trucks or whatever? But I think the food trucks have right. by far been yep. the favorite. Mm-hmm. So here comes the, the con- not the controversial, but here came the, the bulk of the, of the debate and it's around staff. Okay. So um, we have Hambit staff in here and unfortunately at least Druckenmiller would not give me a discount. So... <laughs> 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 I got to pay for that. And we don't, we don't need a lot of hand staff, but so obviously people that are going to help with check-in and check-out and all that kind of stuff. Table service staff. So we find people that work at Fiddlers and they're typically volunteers at Fiddlers and then the money that they're making goes to the charity of their choice. We end up paying them and they service all of our high-end tables. So what's nice about that, it's an outdoor event. I bought my circular table. I paid five grand. I don't want to go wait in the food truck line. I don't want to go wait in the in the mint julep line. These ladies will bring it to you, and they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so we have them back in here. They were two hundred and fifty dollars each, um, is what we donated to them, and then the event planner. So we've never had one, you guys. Like it sounds odd, but for us, the event planner, we've always just kind of done it, and so. What's happened when when it was at our our house, it's easy to be the event planner. Our house is not that big and we can run around and we can yell at each other and help each other with problems and whatnot. Then we would move to different venues and it got a little bit harder. But man, you move to this park, I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. And it just a country for a cure, it was just it was just unmanageable, honestly. I mean, we're trying to text each other. We're trying to call each other, but you just got a lot going on. It's nice to have a headpiece and someone screaming in your ear and saying they need help with this. And, you know, and, and that's just part of it. The other part of it is just this, like, I'm there now, like, to not just enjoy the event, but to but to build relationships and talk to our best donors. I don't need to be, Elise doesn't need to be, Carrie doesn't need to be, Lori doesn't need to be dealing with check-in issue or dealing with a silent auction problem or dealing with... Picking the red M&Ms out of the... Yes, the, the green room requirements <laughs> and making, oh my God, you put... Driving diet, them back and forth to their hotel so they can shower. Co- yes. Mm. And you put Diet Coke in there and they don't like Diet Coke. They like Diet Pepsi. So get all the Diet Coke out and put the Diet Pepsi in. Like somebody can go deal with that stuff. And so we decided to hire an event planner and it's it's comprehensive. It's not just someone showing up that day. This person's mm-hmm. going to be involved on a, on a weekly basis leading up to the event in meetings, running the meetings, staffing it with six people, 
I don't even want to get into all the details, but it's about 7,600 bucks. And I'm like, that sounds like a pretty reasonable deal to me. So we threw that in there. And then we have to pay staff at the venue. And so that stuff's in here for security and cleaning, trash and mm-hmm. bartenders and you name it. And then obviously we like to give out swag. I mean, you're going to get a derby cup. You're going to get a derby, you know, maybe a blanket if it's cold or whatever. So we designed. The only reason I'm coming is because I got to get my derby cup. Derby cup. I know people collect those. And then they call us when they break them and ask if we have any archives. And <laughs> maybe we do. That's maybe a great auction item. Yeah. So anyway, and there's graphics and other work that we need to do. And that's kind of in here as well. So that adds up to just around 60000 bucks. So, and I'm not, I'm rounding you guys. So, I mean, just to tell you that we are a little bit more calculated and specific. It's actually 57227 But I like to round up. So anyway, 60 grand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So our net profit on this is 130. Not bad. Right. Okay. Uh, for our event, which is always netted around 80 to 90, this is a good step up for us. Okay. So I would say for the most part, not a lot of people at the meeting were questioning the budget. Um, but there were a few. And so let's just kind of talk about the, the philosophy behind the debate and also kind of the mentality around the, around the debate and kind of w- and, and where we came out, okay? Because this is not atypical of a charity and kind of how they think through their events and, and not probably not even atypical for a board or a committee or anybody else to think through things and try to figure out like what's the best way to look at this? Because if we did 130 last year, you're saying you're going to spend 60 grand. That seems really high. And so the first thing you have to say is, is, well, why do we expect we're going to make 130 again? Okay. And then the next thing is, is looking at this list of things, why do you always assume that you have to cut costs? Like, why is that the first thing that we're going to do when we're looking at the fact that we think this event is too expensive? You know, and so, you know, for us, it's like, okay, you want to cut costs? What do you want to cut? Give me something on this list you want to cut out. And the first thing everybody was like, well, what about the event planner? That's a new cost. Let's take that out. I'm like, okay, so now it's not $60,000. It's, you know, $54,000. Who cares? Like, I mean, at this point, like, who's going to go do that work now? Right. Right? Because I honestly would rather, like, build relationships with my donors and my attendees than worry about the green room, you know, or... Or leading up to the event focusing on the sponsorships that have lacked in the past that are going to make up that, you know, 130 that you've done previously to your 188 or 190 goal that you have. Where are you going to get that from the sponsorships? Why have you never gotten it? Because you've never had time. Why? Because you're doing all of the things that the event planner is going to do for you. Yes. So, and it was just like, that's a thing where like it, it became clear that when you're looking at an event budget and you're tr- and you're saying to yourself like okay so what's an appropriate expense ratio i don't even know if there is one right some events are expensive and some events like nothing is linear also right that's the other thing we discuss like if i spent say i spent $40,000 last year and i made 100 okay so that's everybody's like okay event should be about 40% cost so that's that sounds about right if I make 41, that doesn't mean I make 101. If I spend 42, it doesn't mean that I get make 102. It's not linear like that. It's like you're going to make a change, and all of a sudden it's not going to be 40. It's going to be 50. Like that's how costs go, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it's like, well, 50 
it's just going to put pressure on you to raise more money. So you want to find investments that are going to drive revenue. Well, investments for us is I is it, it sounds weird because it wasn't coming across well in the meeting, but it's like investments for us is to get us away from doing the you know these planning things and get us out there talking to sponsors and driving revenue. That's what we should be doing. You know, not negotiating the green room contract or making sure that my sound guy shows up on time or making sure that the AV guy brought the generator, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and these are all things that were on my plate at the last event. So that's kind of the, the, the objective of the whole thing. So, and again, when you're thinking about, again, as a committee, like you can nickel and dime your budget, you guys, you can go in there and you can say, well, let's cut 500 bucks here. Let's, but those dollars that you're cutting aren't necessarily going to move the needle much. You need to be focused on how do I make Right. I think it's a mind shift change. It goes from so many people are wrapped up. We've talked about this. So many people are wrapped up in thinking, that this is a cost center, but it's really a profit center. And you have to look at it from that perspective. Thinking about fundraising as a profit center is definitely mm-hmm. not intuitive to a lot of folks. And, and, and some of them happen to be our customers, right? Some yeah. of them happen to be on my board or on my auction committee. But, but the point is, is that it's hard because what we needed to spend the vast majority of time doing, by the way, just settle this matter the budget was approved so i mean it's not a big deal but 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 to settle this matter is 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 we need to get everybody organized and focused around revenue and not the expense the expense is important there's no doubt but we're also the type that are saying we're going to have a good event you know because it it's not gonna it's not gonna matter that much well, and you're combining two different types of events this year in compared to what you've done in the past. Yeah. You used to do a derby that maybe had some live music aspect to it mm-hmm. with the food and the bedding and everything. And then you had the concert. So now this year, it's going to be the derby concert. Yeah. And it's a more complex event. It requires more investment. It requires more coordination leading up to that. And more risk. I And more risk. Yep. And I agree. I think freeing up your time and freeing up the rest of your board's time so that they can go out and actually get the sponsorships needed. Get the for sponsorships, the get the items, get the, yep. not worry about the permits for the sell pyro the, that just threw in to the budget sell that nobody the knew about. <laughs> yeah. Sell those tables out, sell yeah. everything out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so. look, we have a great board and we have mm-hmm. a supportive board and we have a hardworking board and they will show up on the Thursday or the Friday or whenever they are allowed to show up at this venue to help set up. And We're looking for volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that all works. You know, that, that part is awesome. But once the event starts, if I have a board member that bought a table, I want them at their table. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And I've said this to even, even some of my family members who they, are board they members. They deserve that. They do. This, this event has matured. The organization has matured. It's time for you guys to get out and start working on your fundraiser. Not in it. In it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like this is a common theme. Well, there's always been resistance in, and I think, I think the board is kind of naturally there, but in the past I would, this is a battle I would lose. Mm-hmm. And this was a battle this year that wasn't even really a battle. I mean, it was a couple of people that were still pushing back, but ultimately the majority of the table said, Absolutely, this needs to happen. I agree 100%. Yes. No, I don't want you doing that, and I don't want to do it either. 
Right. It's time that we do this. It's yeah. time that we make these changes. It's time that we take some of these risks. Yes. And I spent $2,400 on my table at Country for a Cure, and I did not sit at it. No. Me too. You know? And, <laughs> you know, I'm not complaining about that, but I am complaining about the fact that I should have been doing something else besides what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's... That message was heard loud and clear. I think after the last event, I think a couple of the board members that were conscious of where we were spending money get it now. That like it's time for us to be smarter about where we're spending money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes smarter doesn't mean cutting costs; it means spending money. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that's that's the big takeaway from this part. So we've organized our teams, and I want I kind of want to wrap this up because I don't want to spend too much time on the budget. The budget was approved. And then it's really sitting down and saying, like, how do you want to organize yourselves? And so we organized our teams into, you know, I'd say like a a bunch of different groups. Let me just pull it up and I'll kind of walk you guys through it because I think it's it's Which good. I would say this is probably the most organized, at least as as far as hey I've been in there. Come on, as far as I've ever been involved, <laughs> which is not as as long as the rest of your board. But in terms of this committee and planning this event, I've done it now for three yeah. or four years, and we've never had this. All right. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read through kind of what our different categories are. Okay, and we 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 used. Trello. Okay. So we have a backlog. And so there's an event or an event. There's a meeting coming up on December 5th. And there's some people that have now, their, their only task really is to get into the board. And then we're going to start making sure that we can start assigning stuff at the next meeting. But we have a category for liquor and bar, graphics, social, and promotion, sponsorship and ticketing, venue and event planning, auction, catering and food, AV and entertainment. And volunteers. So somebody owns. Somebody will own every single one of those categories. So what's in there? Like, for example, like connect with the brand agency and get a quote for graphics. Okay. Um, Determine the sponsorship packages and ticket prices. Mm -hmm. We have proposed ticket prices. We have proposed sponsorship packages. But whoever is going to be on the sponsorship committee or whoever's running that is going to finalize that information. And then obviously we'll work with our branding group to build out the sponsorship materials that we can start sending out. And that's all going to happen in December. Okay. Set up the tickers, tickets and sponsorships in Hambid. I'm somebody smarter about Hambid should do that than me. <laughs> I'm looking at Elise. Anyway, um, design and build sponsorship collateral. I talked about that one. Contact AG. Cause obviously we're doing a concert at their, or we're doing a fundraiser at their venue. Reach out to KYGO, who's a local radio station, see if they might promote just stuff like that. So I'm not going to read you all of them, but you kind of get the point of like what we discussed, you know, go put together a silent auction spreadsheet, pull in everything we've sold in the past, see what donations we think we can get again, add new stuff to the list, assign out who's going to go get it, right? Have them start getting it right. You know, get, Finalize the who's doing audio for us. Finalize who's doing the the AV. Finalize who's like the band contracts, you know, all of the above. So mm-hmm. all of this stuff is kind of in this list. And so that is what we'll start working on. Um, we finalize the event planner contract. That's done. You know, and now we're working on. You can mark that task done for me. Done. Please. Yes. <laughs> Elise is in charge of volunteers, so that'll be the best part. Because <laughs> nobody else volunteered. I feel like I got voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We've been to so many events where people <laughs> will show up and they're like, I was told to be here at five. I have no idea what I'm doing. So anyway, 
I'm glad that Elise is running volunteers because that'll be good. But, but you know, catering, we had to, we've got to nail down that kind of stuff. So that's all in the works. And I get it. It's May 4th. But we want to get going on this now because, one, some of these vendors book up. Two, it comes way faster than you think. Three, I'm sick and tired of finding out in May or April that, oh, I already did all my donations for the year. Had you notified me in January, I would have had something for you. So everything's going out in January. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Or even December to get those end of year donations. Yeah. Yep. So we'll do another episode. And I think what we'll cover in that is we'll kind of give you guys an update on how things are going and, you know, kind of what kind of snags we're running into and what types of changes we might need to make. So... One thing that we absolutely will not plan for is the weather. It's just going to be what it is. Yep. So happened last year. Yep. Downpour. Then it cleared up and was gorgeous. It was a beautiful night. Yep. Yes. We mistimed the weather so bad. We, that's a whole episode on like the disasters around our sound company. But um, <laughs> had our sound person actually gotten things working on time, we would have done our sound check while it was sunny. We would have covered all the instruments while it rained, and then we would have been ready on time for the concert. But no, we did the sound check in the middle of a downpour. So anyway, mm. oh my God, I can't believe I just brought up that memory. It's okay. Well, if <laughs> it's a any consolation, he remembers you giving him your jacket. Yes. Oh, yes. The, the, the Jack. That's right. <laughs> anyway, okay. So hopefully you guys found this you know, helpful. But, you know, this is something that, you know, obviously, as you can see, it's... It's not a science. It's probably more of an art, but it's just one of those things where even though we've done this a long time and we kind of know how to pull this event off, we still have the same conversations every year, which is good. Any other closing thoughts? I guess I should log into my Trello board. You need to accept your role. (laughs) Maybe I should stay away. (laughs) You put in a task on the Trello board to invite Lori to the next board planning meeting. Yeah, and I'm going to rope her into my... The Voluntolds. Yes, the volunteers. There you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening as we kind of walk through this. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. And we will be back again soon with another episode of Elevate Your Event. Until then, happy fundraising. Happy fundraising.